Um, it's really interesting to me, and um, over the years I, I've, I've taken some hits for it, but um, I don't really separate the secular from the sacred, and I often find sacred, sacredness in very secular music, and I often find the teachings of Jesus in very s secular music. And that's in part why I chose that song, because it really is the heart of the matter, isn't it? Uh, forgiveness, and it's what it really is about. And so last week, this week, and then um, Charlotte's preaching next week, but the remaining, remaining three Sundays, I'm kind of doing Robert's hit parade on what I consider some of the most important themes of our walk with Jesus. And last week, I really spoke about grace and uh, spoke about Will Campbell, the great late preacher from the South who I knew, who's a great guy, who came up with a great phrase, we're all, we're all scoundrels, but Jesus loves us anyway, and uh, how true that is, and that was all about grace. And this week, I'm going to touch on another foundation of our faith, which is, which is the whole topic of forgiveness, and it is uh, not easy, is it? Sometimes it's very, 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 very difficult. It's hard to forgive others, and certainly my own life, my own life journey, when uh, family members have been harmed by other people with intent. Uh, that's been a really tough journey for me to engage in forgiveness, but I know I'm compelled to do so. Uh, as, as a minister, as I reflect back over 25 years and all the thick-headed, stupid things I've done, uh, uh, self-forgiveness can be hard, too, uh, as I'm sure you all find to be challenging. Um, but I love, I love the lyric, um, forgiveness, forgiveness, even if. And when, when I hear that lyric, I, I think about Jesus on the cross looking at you in the eye and looking at me in the eye saying forgiveness, even if you don't love me anymore. But also just forgiveness, even if whatever. There, there's just a dot, dot, dot. It's, it's whatever. And that's a pretty life-altering message if we take it to heart. Well, forgiveness is, as I said, one of the toughest things, in my view. It clearly was at the core of Jesus' life and was the whole point of the cross. But because of Jesus, we live in a continual state of forgiveness. We are forgiven for what has been, for what is now, and for all the things we'll do in the future. We live in a state of forgiveness, which is also a state of grace. And forgiveness is interesting because sometimes it's pretty easy to forgive somebody, isn't it? I mean, hopefully, if, if, we're, if we're generally healthy, we don't get all bent out of shape because the potatoes are overdone on the plate, or somebody uh, bumps into us in an elevator or cuts us off in a car. Hopefully, we can let those things go pretty easily. But sometimes forgiveness is really a challenge. Sometimes it's even unthinkable. Sometimes it can feel inconceivable. I know I've had moments in my life when the thought of forgiving someone seemed virtually impossible because the action was so over the top and caused such great harm. And as I think about some people who didn't care about their actions, forgiveness in those kinds of cases can be just brutal. But it's not an option. And I'm going to get into that in a moment. If we take our walk with Jesus seriously, forgiveness is something that always needs to be something we carry around in our pockets, that carry around in our 
carry around on our glasses that affect how we see things and how we show up in the world. And while um, love is at the heart of the Christian faith, forgiveness is simply an extension of what the love of God means and loving others and loving ourselves. Our reading today is quite a doozy. <laughs> it's, uh, it's not an easy one, especially if we put ourselves in the story. Jesus tells Peter that he has to forgive not just once, but 70 times 7. I can't do the math, but it's a lot. And it, basically Jesus is saying that we need to forgive without limits. And he gets into this parable to highlight some things about forgiveness. In paraphrase form, along with some interpretation, here's what Jesus says in this parable. Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is like a king who called everyone up who owed him money. Well, Jesus often talked about the kingdom of heaven, and the kingdom of heaven, Jesus didn't think was something that is in the future. It's something that actually is now. The kingdom of heaven is, is when things are as they should be, when everything is right and good and whole and the way that God wants it to be, and that can be now. And Jesus says that the kingdom of heaven will look like the time when a great king called everyone up who owed him money. And one person owed him money, owed the king 10,000 talents. And what's interesting about this is that a talent is about 20 years of wages. So this guy owed the king 10,000 years of wages. It's an inconceivable number. It's an absurd amount of money that this fellow owed the king. And in the story, the debtor tells the king that there's no way he can repay such a massive debt. So the king ordered the person and his entire family to be sold begin to pay off this debt, which of course could never have been paid off, meaning that this family would have spent their entire lives in prison. So the debtor falls to the ground and pleads to the king, please, please have mercy on me. And in response, the king is filled with a heart of mercy and forgiveness and pity, and he cancels the debt and lets the fellow go. The one who had been forgiven by the king then goes out to collect money from somebody who owed him money. One fellow owes him, as one scholar points out, one six hundred thousandths of what the fellow had owed the king. So it's a minuscule amount of money. Well, the man, just like the man whose debt was forgiven by the king, falls to the ground and pleads for mercy, please have mercy. But instead of forgiving the debt, like the forgiveness he had been given by the king, he instead throws the poor guy into prison. So the one who had for, had, was forgiven a massive debt in turn refused to forgive a comparatively minor debt. This parable in Matthew's Gospel packs a real punch, especially for those of us that find forgiveness to be a hard thing to do now and then. As I think about this parable, I think it's a description of Jesus on the cross saying, forgiveness, even if. And he's saying, remember that when you think about withholding forgiveness toward another or even toward yourself. While there are those among us whose lives reflect a spirit of forgiveness, I've known some extraordinary people in various settings, whose just existence exudes forgiveness. But more often than not, I believe that forgiveness is something that most, if not all of us, struggle with. 
So for a moment, I'd like to take a look at what I think are just some thoughts about what's at the core of forgiveness and just some things to keep in mind about forgiveness. And if we want to talk about the foundation of forgiveness or where it comes from, um, I think that it's helpful to turn to the words of one person who writes, remember that Christ is not just outside of us modeling forgiveness and urging us to, to do what Christ does, but remember that Christ is within us, not outside of us, but within us. So from Christ, who is within, we receive the power to forgive. Christ forgives through us, which is why we can forgive. This person writes, continues to write, as Paul wrote, it is no longer I who live, but it is Christ who lives in me. Therefore, I'm not the one who's doing the forgiving, but Christ in me is doing the forgiving. And when we understand that it is Christ who lives in us, we gain a desire to practice being like Christ, and we will have a sense that it is not so much we who are acting ourselves, but it is Christ who is acting through us. In other words, the basis and the foundation of forgiveness doesn't come from within us. It comes from within the power of God that lives within us. God's power is within. God's love is within. God's healing is within. God's forgiveness is within. So whatever we do in life, we do so with God at the foundation. We can do whatever because God can. We can forgive because God in us can. So this has led me over the years to, to realize that when I'm struggling with forgiveness, it's important to take it to God and to say, God, I, I'm having a real tough time with this forgiveness. In fact, I'm not sure I can forgive. It seems impossible to me. But I know that you are in me. Your very presence is within me. And I need your help to show me the way toward forgiveness. And while I may not be able to forgive on my own, I know that you, through me, can. And I need you to help me do that. To put all this another way, God is in me, God loves me, God forgives me, God is in you, God loves you, God forgives you. And knowing and believing and accepting this can impact our ability to forgive. But we're human beings, aren't we? We're fallible. We're made of flesh. Our hearts understandably break. We get hurt. And sometimes, despite what we know, forgiveness, as I've said repeatedly this morning, forgiveness seems impossible. So for those of us here this morning who sometimes struggle with forgiveness, here are just a few thoughts that I want to share about forgiveness as a whole. Over the years, people have come to me who have been hurt and harmed by others. And I'll never forget one fellow who came to me and he said, Robert, I know I need to forgive, but I'm having such a hard time forgiving so-and-so for doing this. Well, when did this happen? I asked him. Yesterday. And I reminded him that sometimes forgiveness is not, nor should it be, our very first response to being wounded. Sometimes when we're hurt by another, our first response shouldn't necessarily be forgiveness. 
Instead, sometimes our wounds are so great that we need to share those wounds with God and with other people. We need to acknowledge the hurt and acknowledge the pain and rage against God or rage against the unfairness. Express our pain as Job did when he lost everything to no fault of his own. And sometimes what we need long before forgiveness is to allow ourselves to get out the pain, to allow ourselves to be loved and nurtured and cared for by others and by God. It's so important that we remember that sometimes forgiveness is not our first response to a harm. We're human beings. It's something that must come later on down the road. That fellow was so relieved when I said, this happened yesterday. I think we need to take some time with this and work through the pain that you're feeling first. But aside from realizing that forgiveness need not necessarily be our immediate response, it's important to remember that when God forgives and we are forgiven, and when God forgives somebody, God does not do something. God does not pretend the offense or the action did not happen. When God forgives, God says in essence, yeah, you've you've done something wrong. It's not right. Said another way, when we forgive, it does not mean we're saying that what happened is okay. Or that the action or lack of action was no big deal. Or that no harm was done. Instead, when we forgive, we are forgiving something we name is wrong. In other words, to forgive is to name the injustice. When we say, I forgive you, we were saying, what you did is not right. And it hurt me. Forgiveness is not blowing something off. It's not like saying somebody who bumps you in the elevator, don't worry about it, no worries. Forgiveness is not dismissive of the reality of what's been done. And that's very important to remember. But forgiveness is not just about naming the misdeed. Forgiveness, as people have suggested over the years, is also about letting go of our need to get even. And this is so important. About releasing our need for retaliation. It's about saying, I'm going to let go of my desire to get back at you. I'm not going to act on my desire to get even I'm going to choose not to seek revenge. Here's what the writer Nadia Boltz Weber wrote about getting even. She writes, I believe when someone else does us harm, we're connected to that mistreatment like a chain. Maybe retaliation or holding on to anger about the harm done to me doesn't combat evil. Maybe it feeds it. Because in the end, if we're not careful, we can absorb what is wrong. So what if forgiveness, rather than being a pansy way of saying it is okay, is actually a way of wielding a bolt cutter and snapping the chain that links us? It is like saying what you did was, not, was so not okay that I refuse to be connected to it any longer. Hard to do especially when we feel great pain. But some of you know the story. When one of our daughters was harmed greatly by a fellow, you know, I wanted to round up all my boys in Texas and go after the fellow. 
but it kept me chained. It kept me chained. Until I could forgive. Forgiveness is not just about naming the wrong, letting go of revenge. Forgiveness is also coming to the place where we realize over the time that the person who has hurt us is fallible like we are. This does not necessarily mean we necessarily do what the other person would do or did, but it means that we realize that all of us have brokenness within. All of us do. People hurt from places of hurt. People harm from places of being harmed. People break others from their own brokenness. This doesn't mean the harm done is okay or to be excused, but rather it can help us to understand that sometimes the harm done is not about we who have been harmed, but about the person who's doing the harming. Helps us to see actions in a different light. Aside from naming the wrong and letting go of revenge and understanding we're all broken, forgiveness is ultimately about coming to the place in which we pray for the person who has harmed us and wish the best for them and release them into the arms of God. Forgiveness is one's merciful response. It's like the king. Forgiveness is one's merciful response. It's about extending mercy to another person as God has extended mercy to us. Just some other quick thoughts about forgiveness before I get to one more thing. Forgiveness obviously doesn't mean no justice. Forgiveness does not mean people are not incarcerated or that the public is not protected from somebody. Forgiveness does not mean staying in a relationship in which there's harm or danger. Forgiveness doesn't mean we necessarily forget. Forgiveness does not have to include reconciliation. Sometimes that process just includes more harm, although it might include reconciliation. Forgiveness may or may not include restitution. And very importantly, it's important to remember that forgiveness is a journey that takes a lot of time sometimes. But one thing I want to close with this morning is a huge topic I've preached on before many times, and it's the topic of self-forgiveness. Not easy, is it, sometimes? While God wants us to accept God's forgiveness, I'm clear that Jesus made it clear that God also wants us to forgive ourselves. Living, joy, light, love, peace, grace, all of these things are impeded when we don't forgive ourselves. It's been said that guilt is feeling bad for what we've done Shame is feeling bad for who we are. And when we don't forgive ourselves, the interesting thing is we often find ourselves turning guilt into shame. And shame is not the basis from which God wants us to live. Shame is incredibly destructive, painful, and depleting. It's the antithesis of the love of God. And if we are stuck and unable to forgive ourselves, we've got to open up about that truth with God and with people we trust and bring that pain out into the open. 
Self-forgiveness comes from feeling loved by God and recognizing that we're all human. Self-forgiveness has to do with gentleness. I miss gentleness in America these days. What happened to gentleness? What a, what a, what a great word. I wish we could be gentle with one another and ourselves. Self-forgiveness is a willingness to move into the present moment away from the past. But ultimately, forgiving oneself has to do with self-compassion. This is a huge topic I've also preached about before. But that said, here are just a few thoughts. Chris Neff writes, self-compassion involves wanting health and well-being for oneself, and it leads to proactive behavior to one's situation rather than passivity. Self-compassion does not mean my problems are more important than yours, but that my problems are also important and worthy of being attended to. I've also become clear over the years that when I'm not compassionate with myself, it's because I'm not asking myself some questions. And when we're willing to be compassionate towards ourselves, we're willing to ask these kinds of questions. When I blow it, how do I talk to myself? Am I judgmental? Am I self-critical? Am I self-demeaning? Do I speak to myself in the way I would speak to a friend I love dearly? Am I gentle and kind and empathic with myself? When speaking to myself, do I use the words I believe Jesus would say to me? Do my words represent how Jesus talked to people who were hurting or in pain? And when we have compassion towards ourselves, I believe we're willing to ask such questions and explore them with God. And finally, Christian Neff writes, self-compassion honors the fact that all human beings are fallible, that wrong choices and feelings and regret are inevitable for every person. This is true for everyone. She notes the well-known saying, and I love this saying, that a clear conscience is a sign of a very bad memory. We're all fallible. Well, I can think of some people who think they're not, but I, they, we are all fallible. So this forgiveness topic is a vast topic. I've covered a ton of ground, too much, but I just wanted to hit on it one more time. I pray that, as I've talked here, that it will serve as an invitation to you and to me to explore today where we are with forgiving others, where we are with forgiving ourselves, where we are with compassion and self-compassion. And as we turn now to a few moments of silent prayer, I pray that each of us will hear from God what we need to hear and that we'll feel infused with the love and forgiveness of God through God's Holy Spirit. So I invite us to a few moments of quiet prayer with God, pondering forgiveness.